Hello and welcome back to the Clark and Miller English Podcast. Uh, my name's Gabriel, I am the Clark in Clark and Miller, and welcome back. And if it's your first time listening, welcome. Uh, so yeah, today uh, we're going to do another red episode. So uh, you may have noticed that the cover, that the image for this episode is, uh, is actually red, not our usual blue. Our usual blue is for podcasts that are basically more like English lessons or advice for learning English or grammar, vocabulary, whatever, something like that. But uh, the red ones are the, the more spicy ones. They're, uh, they're a little bit uh, harder, that's for sure, um, because we look into language in detail. Um, it's, it's more a, a sort of exploration of, of uh, the weird and wonderful thing that the English language is. Um, and today is no exception. We're going pretty, pretty hardcore today. Uh, we're going to look at um, uh, what is called Grice's Maxims. That will make no sense to you right now, but by the end of this one, uh, you should um, understand what that means. When someone says Grice's Maxims to you at a conversation, in a conversation, at a dinner party, you can say, oh yeah, it's Grice's Maxim, um, and sound very intelligent and smart and witty. Uh, so yeah. So uh, we're going to look at Grice's Maxims. This is basically um, linguistic philosophy. It's a sort of philosophical linguistic concept. And I'm going to be discussing it with one of my oldest friends, uh, Ali, um, who is not a linguist um, at all. He's just a guy. And um, but he's, he's got a very curious mind and, and he likes talking about stuff. Um, so... It should be an interesting listen. I'm not going to go into the details, really. Um, just uh, check it out. And uh, there will also be a PDF that outlines the main um, the main concepts of this podcast, this episode, which you can get uh, from the Clark and Miller website. That's clarkandmiller.com. Clark like Clark Kent and Miller like the beer. All right. So, yeah, I'll just leave you, leave you to it. Um, here we are in Istanbul talking about Grice's Maxims. All right, so I'm here with Ali. Uh, he's sitting right in front of me now. Hi, Ali. How's it going? Hi, I'm fine. And you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Ali? Yeah, uh, well, uh, my name is Ali Rol. I'm a musician, musicologist, and French teacher. Uh, I live in in between Istanbul and uh, Montpellier, France. Okay. You're also an English learner, right? Yeah, I've been for the last uh, 15 years, I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're still in the never-ending journey of learning a language. Yeah. So, yeah, the reason I got Ali here today is because Ali's really good at asking questions and uh, he's, he's really, really curious about everything. So I thought it'd be quite good to talk through the ideas I've got for the podcast today with Ali because... We can flesh it out. We can start exploring it even deeper than uh, I probably planned. Let's go for it. Let's do it. So, Ali, you know nothing about what we're doing today, right? No. That's great. Cool. So, we'll get onto that in a little bit. But um, at the beginning of each podcast, I like to do a little quiz, a little um, one-question quiz about language and about the English language. And this today's question mm -hmm. is... Do you know what the longest word in English is that doesn't have any vowels? 
No idea. Okay. Well, stay tuned and you can find the answer at the end of this podcast. So that was which word in English is the longest word without any vowels? Nothing's coming to mind? No. No ideas? Okay. You have to wait and see. The tension will be really immense. <laughs> okay, but today, today we're going to talk um, about a philosophical linguistic concept uh, that I discovered when I was doing my master's in linguistics, and I found it really, really cool, really interesting. And before I kind of reveal what they are, I'm just going to give you a, some situations, mm -hmm. and you just tell me what's wrong with the situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so situation one. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Uh, we're in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and I'm making a cake, mm -hmm. and you're helping me make the cake. And I ask you to give me some sugar. Mm -hmm. And then you just give me some salt. What's wrong? Well, the ingredient, <laughs> for a start. Uh -huh. yeah. But from a linguistic point of view? Don't think linguistics. Think more, more like from a social point of view. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I really it's, don't know. it's so obvious <laughs> that it's like it's the wrong ingredient. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay, situation two. I'm fixing my bike. Mm -hmm. uh, you're helping me again, and then I want some screws. You know, screws, right? Yeah, yeah. I ask for uh, I ask for two screws mm -hmm. because I need two screws. Um, then you give me one screw, or you give me three screws. Mm. What's wrong? Uh, the number. Yeah. yeah. From like a yeah, like it's it's not helpful, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's more than enough. It should be, mm -hmm. like, fine, but yeah. you will just throw away, so... Yeah, maybe I'll drop one and it will come in handy. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Three's more useful than one when you need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We're on to it. Uh, next one. Back to the cake. You're helping me with the cake. And I'm mixing the ingredients together and it's almost finished. And then randomly, you just give me a good book. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like a Dickens book or something. You just give me the book while I'm mixing the cake. What's going on? Uh, that I'm interrupting your um, sacred process of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Dickens is good, right? Like, it's good to yeah. have a Dickens book. But yeah, something's a bit weird about that, right? Yeah. All right. Last one. All right. Uh, we're back of fixing the bike again. Mm -hmm. In the garage, fixing the bike. And um, I'm trying to fix the bike. But you're just tapping the seat. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at me, and you're tapping the seat with your hands, so d -d 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 -d, mm. and you're just looking at me and tapping the seat. Yeah, that's all, right? Well, I was drummer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. What's wrong with it? I don't know. Maybe it can interrupt. Right. Yeah. And also, you're looking at me, and you're trying to signal. Yeah, it's like you're trying to say something, but you don't say something. Yeah, it's pretty awkward. Yeah, pretty awkward, weird as yeah. well. After that. Um, you just uh, start smashing the bike up. What's wrong there? <laughs> you just destroy the bike. Wow. Kicking the hell out of the bike. Well, uh, Is everything. that helpful? Is yeah. that helpful, Ali? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you can buy a new bike, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's if, true. Maybe I kind of like to... I'm the guy who uh, says that it's irreparable and you have to buy a new bike. By know? making it irreparable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're immediately <clears throat> looking for a reason and for a purpose behind this behavior, mm -hmm. right? So it's obviously really erratic, strange behavior, but you are, like, as a human, searching for rational rationale behind it. Mm. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a guy, well, the ideas of a guy called Paul Grice, who was mm -hmm. a linguistic philosopher. Mm -hmm. um, this stuff's all quite old. Like it's, uh, most of the stuff here was developed in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Paul Grice defined effective communication as, I'm going to quote, a common purpose, a mutually accepted direction. Mm-hmm. All right, so when both people have, like, going towards the same goal mm-hmm. in whatever it is they're doing with their communication. Mm-hmm. And he describes effective communication as the cooperative principle. Mm. So, yeah, what is kind of easy to figure out what he means, right? The co- cooperative mm. principle mm. is just like... Um, the fact that we, when we're communicating, we both have the same purpose mm. and the same goal. Yeah. And that's really important, right? Mm. Okay. So he created four maxims mm-hmm. um, for the co- that, like, the cooperative principle, like, mm. contains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a principle that governs all conversational co- um, communication, the cooperative principle. Uh, something we obey in order to communicate successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to quote him again. Mm-hmm. He said, make, make your, your contribution, contribution such as is required at the stage at which it occurs by an accepted purpose or direction of the talk exchange in which you are engaged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a philosopher's... It is complex. But... It's a bit complex. Yeah. But I think it's also really simple. Hmm. Because it's like... <laughs> yeah, I guess the thing is, it's just like, to communicate well, you have to communicate well. <laughs> it doesn't mean much. But... Um, He's broken it all down into four maxims, mm. right? He calls them maxims. He doesn't call them rules because we'll see why later. So, are you ready? One by one. And the maxims are related to the cake and bicycle examples from the beginning of the podcast. Okay. All right. First one is the maxim of quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's broken into two, a super maxim and as some sub maxims. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're still with me? Yeah. All right. Cool. So the maxim of quality, you have to make your contribution, contribution, contribution true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, you don't say what you believe to be false mm-hmm. and don't say that for which you lack sufficient evidence. Hmm. So yeah, basically uh, don't lie or mm-hmm. don't speak out of your ass. Mm-hmm. Basically mm-hmm. that's what it is. Just say something. If you know, about it right yeah like i guess there's two sides isn't mm. there so it's like don't just l- say a lie mm. you know mm. uh, and don't like you said yeah don't talk about stuff you don't yeah really understand <laughs> yeah. i guess yeah. yeah um okay so do you remember when we were talking about the cake, uh, making the cake mm-hmm. and you gave me salt mm-hmm. instead of sugar mm-hmm. yeah that would that's the metaphor for this maxim hmm because in a way, that's a communication, right? It, all communication isn't words. It's also what you do. It's a form of communication. Yeah. So when you gave me salt when I was trying to make a cake, mm. you were um, violating the maxim of quality. Mm. See okay. what I mean? How dare I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a bastard. <laughs> you broke my bike. Um, <laughs> okay, so far so good, right? Yeah. Okay, no comments yet because mm-hmm. straightforward. Okay, so basically don't like... Mm. Um, yeah, and here, here's Grice talking about the maxim of quality. I expect your contributions to be genuine and not spurious. If I need sugar as an ingredient in the cake you are assisting me to make, I do not expect you to hand me the salt. And I like this bit. If I need a spoon, I do not expect a trick spoon made of rubber. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a random example. I thought it was quite funny. But yeah, okay. So let's think about the real real world mm-hmm. and like when we're speaking and mm-hmm. communicating with words. Um, can you think of an example of of someone breaking this maxim? 
Not a real example, just like how would you create an example? Hmm. Well, give me a one. All right, I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. Hello, nice to meet you. My name is Brad Pitt and I see dead people. <laughs> hmm. Like, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, and also it makes a reference to a movie in which he wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Also, it's confusing. Actually, that's a good point. That might be breaking another maxim, one of the later maxims too. But okay. yeah, it's, it's also not true. Yeah. And also Brad Pitt doesn't see dead people anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, we don't know. I mean, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope for his sake. I mean... Well. By most accounts, he's, he's a nice guy. He's been fighting zombies, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zombies in his mind. Okay, so I'm just saying, I'm Brad Pitt and I see dead people. Not true. Okay. So I'm breaking the maximum of quality. All right. All right. Another one. Um, aliens are going to invade and turn Donald Trump into a cactus in April 2021. Hmm. Yeah. Right. It would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> I'd like to... He'd make a really good cactus, yeah. I think. But um, it, I have no evidence to support this claim hmm. at all. Yeah. Right. yeah so totally. yeah. it's like lying, but lying... Yeah, yeah it's like bullshitting, I suppose, instead yeah. of lying. There's yeah. a lack of, like, evidence. Yeah, yeah I mean, precisely, yeah. precisely. Okay, cool. All good, yeah? No mm-hmm. problem? Okay, yeah. so that's the maxim of quality. Mm-hmm. Next one is the maxim of quantity. Okay, maxim of quantity. Can you guess what it is? Well, it was the screw thing. It right? was the screw thing. Good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So what, what do you think it, it sort of says? Uh, like, I don't know, man. Just tell me. All right, I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, the maxim of quantity. Make your contribution as informative as required. Don't make your contribution more informative than required. Technically, that could uh, have an indirect effect on, like, uh, confu- it can confuse people. Yeah. So, either uh, say, yeah, basically say enough, hmm. no more, no less. Don't say not enough and don't say too much. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. Yeah. So far, all this stuff is kind of really obvious, but it's, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, again, yeah, this is his quote from the book, which is... Oh. Uh, in his example, he was fixing a car, but I don't drive, so I'm fixing a bicycle. Yeah. But he said, if you are assisting me to mend a car, I expect your contribution to be neither more nor less than is required. If, for example, at a particular stage I need four screws, I expect you to hand me four rather than two or six. All right, cool. It's the screw example. Yeah. So can you think of any examples in language when... Um, people can violate or break this maxim hmm it's it's if it's only about quantity i'm yeah like it can happen anytime Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. like uh with money as well oh good one yeah like if you go to a foreign country and you buy something you know and like if you understand if you don't understand well the seller or uh yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be problematic. Uh-huh. This is a really good example yeah. because you're talking about communication problems with language, like second language communication problems, right? Yeah, and the quantity of money. Yeah. Amount of money thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know if it's related. But yeah. yeah, no, that's a good example. Yeah. 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 I've got some examples for language. All right. Are you ready? Could you, could you ask me the question I've written down on the card? Uh, who was Hitler? Okay. Hitler. Uh, who was Hitler, you ask? Uh yeah. He was a vegetarian painter who got into politics. Hmm. Yeah. It's true. It is true, but it's impartial. <laughs> it's, 
missing some really yeah, important yeah. information there, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not breaking the first maxim of quality. I'm mm. still telling the truth. Mm. But it's, there's, yeah, very important mm. things this missing a, there. What you've done was a bit like censorship, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah by you not, censored Hitler. <laughs> yeah. I actually even made him sound quite nice. A vegetarian who gets gone to politics is like, oh, he sounds nice. Yeah. Um, yeah so this is an understatement. Mm. Okay. You ready for the next question you're going to ask me? Yeah. are you free this weekend oh good question well i'm going to have a bath probably with the lavender bubble bath that my mum got me for christmas that year that uncle barry ate too much cake and was sick in the garden then i'm thinking of cutting my toenails really really well with a new nail cutter then i haven't decided whether i'm going to rewatch breaking bad or not Mm. that was a bit noisy yeah Yeah. (laughs) a, a noisy answer yeah yeah, too much information. Too much information, yeah. yeah. Okay. So these are really simple, mm-hmm. like, concepts, right? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Okay, the first one is about telling the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maximum of quality. And this mm-hmm. one? Uh, this one was about quantity. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And now we're on to the third one. Yeah. Okay. The maxim of relation or the maxim of relevance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's really simple. It's be relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all he says about it. Um so his example again. We're going back to the cake, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect a partner's contribution to be appropriate to the immediate needs at each stage of the transaction. If I'm mixing ingredients for a cake, I do not expect to be handed a good book or even an oven cloth, though this may be an appropriate contribution at a later stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way he writes. It's a little bit old-fashioned. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but you got it, right? It's mm. be relevant. Yeah. Okay. Can you think of any examples? Mm, actually, no, not really. Can you give me one? Yeah, I'll give you one. A policeman's asking uh, someone, where were you on the night of the murder? Mm. And then the other guy goes, oh, I like your jacket. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So okay. it can go that far. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah. extreme examples are good ones to come up with first, mm. right? So it's the book thing, right? From the Yeah, example. when you yeah. gave me a Charles Dickens book. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got one more example. Um, how can you possibly tolerate being a teacher when you hate bottled water? <laughs> doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. My examples are extreme. They're yeah. not very everyday examples, but like they're just there to illustrate the example, um, illustrate the thing. Okay, so that's really simple. So we got three, right? The yeah. first one was? The first one was... Uh, what was it? Brad Pitt. Yeah, like... Uh, dude, I, I can't remember. Okay, don't worry. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Yeah. Okay, Brad Pitt. That was um, telling the truth. Yeah, telling the truth. Yeah. Okay. And the second one? Uh, quantity and yeah. relevance and then, then we got relevance cool and the last one yeah. is uh, the maxim of manner mm-hmm. um, uh, avoid obscurity mm-hmm. of expression avoid ambiguity mm-hmm. be brief and be orderly mm. so essentially I, after reading a bunch about it I, I just understand it as be clear and organized mm. that's it mm. that's all um, can you remember the example from, from the beginning it was with the bike yeah, well, which one? Like, which? Well, so being orderly, hmm. for example. When you smash my bike up. Yeah. <laughs> that was an example of... Hmm. Yeah. So he says, like... Oh, actually, he doesn't have any examples for this hmm. one, which I thought was a bit weird. So I made up the one of you smashing my bike up. Okay. Yeah. Because, hmm. you know, bikes. Okay. Can you give another examples? Yeah. So a language, a language example. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... I had fun making these. Um, here's one. I want that many drivers spaghetti Jupiter. Hmm. It's completely like nonsense. Yeah. Right. 
so yeah it's obscure like mm-hmm. impossible to understand what's going on um, I want you to ask me another question okay uh, you can read it from here actually mm, do we have enough money for the trip to Spain they say that two birds can fly only at night mm. ah, see what I did there mm. yeah I guess that's like is is oh yeah okay one more ask me what ask me the time what time is it <laughs> do some acting uh, what time is it <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant uh, one more time uh, what time is it ah ah alright cool so there you go like it's just like bleh, like yeah. the maximum of mana I guess there's also like I suppose you could be rude and stuff like that within that mm. as well but that gets complicated and cultural stuff so well. telling the truth quantity Uh, relevance and uh, just being mm. normal yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being a freak yeah yeah so it's like yeah it's called manner so I yeah. guess it covers a lot of stuff like being clear and, and not being a weirdo yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. cool yeah well well done and it says here recap and you just did that yeah cool so far so good really simple right yeah okay so and in a way these are really obvious right so like you know why, why are we talking about this why are we, why are we going on about this well So are these rules? Do you think these are rules for language? Mm, for communication? Well, I well, honestly, uh, like I kind of like weird and absurd stuff. Mm-hmm. So these, I mean, I guess in a foreign like situation where you go to another country or you speak to someone who doesn't maybe uh, speak well the language in which you are speaking mm-hmm. or it's the case for you, you're mm-hmm. not a, like a good speaker. Uh, I think these kind of principles can be important mm-hmm. to get the communication, mm-hmm. like to understand each other. But I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it's like rules that we must all respect. Yeah. And stuff I mean, like. if you go back to thinking about uh, the way you communicate with someone you know really well, mm-hmm. like, do you follow these rules all the time? Well, the, if, no, I would yeah. definitely not. Yeah, we don't, right? Yeah, yeah we're too weird. Yeah. So, yeah, these are not rules. And Grice himself doesn't say their, their rules um, okay. they're kind of descriptions of what happens mm. uh, what Grice is observing is the stuff that makes communication work that makes interactions flow mm-hmm. most often but are we really like this all the time are we this direct mm. are we this literal when we communicate with people mm. I guess we're not right when we're, we're talking to our friends or our partners mm. or mm. people we know really well we don't so if I say you know hey man how was the weekend do you always say There were good parts and there were bad parts, and I slept. <laughs> Is that your answer to how was the weekend? Actually, it's a very good answer. But it's yeah, good we don't say that. <laughs> yeah, we don't say that, right? We're not we're not this direct and literal about yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, if I say, "What do you think of Brian?" Is it normal to say, "I think he's a human man"? Because <laughs> that's actually answering the question, right? Mm. And again, it's completely following the maxims, Grice's maxims, right? Yeah. The four maxims. Uh, when we ask a question or make a statement or just say something during a conversation, we're kind of expecting a certain type of response, mm-hmm. right? Like language is kind of a code, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, like a computer program. Um, so these maxims are all about like what we expect mm-hmm. from people in a standard, like, I like comparing language just like a computer, like computer yeah, code, right? Yeah, it's like coding, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we have these maxims and this is all about what we expect. Mm-hmm. But we always, as humans, we always, always, always play with expectations, mm-hmm. right? We like subverting them. We like changing mm. them around a bit. It's fun. Mm. And it makes 
communication more interesting. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at now how the maxims are not followed. Hmm. Okay. We see non-observance of the maxims, something interesting. Sorry, when we see non-observance, when we see people not following these maxims, something interesting is happening in human communication. We see non-direct communication. Hmm. Um, meaning is not being conveyed directly. So let's look at some examples. Um, yeah, first we're going to look at how um, when people sometimes break these maxims mm -hmm. and it breaks the communication, mm -hmm. right? And it breaks the cooperative principle. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, when, yeah, so when we looked at the examples, when I told you Hitler was a vegetarian artist and when mm -hmm. I said that I was Brad Pitt, we're breaking the cooperative principle. Communication mm -hmm. is being broken down. Mm -hmm. um, when we do this on purpose, mm -hmm. uh, it's called violating the maxims. Hmm. Yeah. Or joking. Well, joking is actually a little slightly different thing that we'll see later. Okay. Um, there's violating the maxims and mm -hmm. flaunting the maxims. Okay. So violation is when we kill communication, right? Yeah. Um, I remember watching a sketch which we may or may not sample... There's um, a stand-up comedian, American guy, and he's in, in Britain, and he's talking about his experience living in Britain, right? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, just like I say, I run into the way y'all talk, because, you know, British people, y'all have a lot of subtext, and y'all like stuff like irony and sarcasm, tongue-in-cheek. Man, you know, clever ways to be indirect about what you think. <laughs> no, man, sometimes a British person can insult me, and it takes me three weeks to figure it out, man. <laughs> I'd be home hoovering one day and I'd be like, bastard don't like me. So, okay, so this is a stand-up show, but it's kind of true. Like in England, people are very, very, like, they're changing this, the subtext with everything. They I have agree. subtext with everything. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's quite common. So this is a cultural thing. Um, very, very indirect. Um, now, there are less nasty ways. So obviously he's talking about a time when someone was like, like insulting him, mm. but like sarcastically or something mm -hmm. without him realizing. Okay. So we have different types of, uh, of doing this, of violating the maxims, mm -hmm. right? Um, we can have an infringement. Mm -hmm. So this is when you have a total misunderstanding. So you're talking a lot about like, um, second, la uh, like second language situations, right? When yeah. you don't know the language very well. So, you know, when a classic example is if I say like, Hey, do you want tea or coffee? And you just say, yes. <laughs> Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't no like the person who says yes isn't trying to like be difficult. They just don't understand how the language functions there. Yeah, or maybe yeah, 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 yeah. Like misunderstandings from our second languages, mm. we get it all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Like, uh, uh, where's the gym? Oh, Jim, he's in the kitchen. Yeah, that sort of thing, right? <laughs> it's just like misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's infringement. Sometimes we opt out mm. of the of the maxims, right? Mm. We decide not to follow them. Uh, maybe we'll say something like, ah, my lips are sealed, or I can't tell you that. Mm. Oh, it's a secret, I'm not telling you. Mm. Okay, so that's just choosing to go out. Yeah. Um, we can also have a, a clash, right? So when the, ma the maxim of quantity, mm -hmm. saying enough, uh, clashes with one of quality, like not having enough evidence. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like if somebody asks, like, hey, where, where's Jim now? Where's he gone? Mm -hmm. And um, 
they don't know exactly where he is, but they could say something like, oh, he's somewhere between London and Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's yeah. not clear, it's like, where he is. Too, yeah, or, like, it's not obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I read this really cool book, uh, and Ian Banks, you know Ian Banks, right? Mm, heard. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him, yeah. He's cool. And um, he did a lot of sci-fi. And like in this, in one of the books, there's this. Uh, these guys want to get into a monastery, mm-hmm. and the monks who live in the monastery are like literal. They mm-hmm. they take everything literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> like, um, they're like knocking on the door, and the monk has got his head outside the window, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hello," and they're like, uh, "Can you let us in?" And he's, like, "Yes." <laughs> and it's like, "Will you let us in?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like Monty Python. It's a bit Monty Python, yeah. yeah. So like you got this situation where the monk is actually just honestly answering the questions, yeah, but, but like, not doing anything. Anymore. Yeah, because they don't. He doesn't interpret. He thinks they're asking about his ability or mm. predicting the future. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's experiencing a clash, mm. right? He he's he, this monk wants to observe the maximum quality completely, mm. and all the other stuff <laughs> like is not being observed yeah. like I guess the maximum of manner mm. is not being observed because it, obviously mm. it's a request it's not a question mm. can you let us in yeah yeah. Mm. okay so far so good but there's a problem that okay. they ask for it you know they they can just say let us in well yeah it takes the girl the woman the character like three or four attempts she has mm. to like re like mm. how am I gonna s-? yeah mm. that's the answer though isn't it you have to make a demand yeah like yeah I, I guess I don't know Yeah, 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 totally, mm. yeah. But you know, it's just we're so used to asking, asking things that way that mm. when we have to do it literally, we really have to rethink it. Mm. So it's about it's a little bit about manners as well, I guess. We yeah. generally want something, but we don't say it directly. We ask for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's all tied into manners. Mm. Yeah. A lot of this is cultural as well, of course. Mm. Like some cultures. Like, people are more direct. Yeah, like in Turkish, for instance. Turkey's like, quite direct, right? So yeah, like, like, when people... Like, if a friend comes at my place and asks water, uh, like, uh, Ali, uh, where's the water? Yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, give me give, give me a me glass water. of water. Give me a glass yeah. of water. And it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Russia as well. Russia's very mm. direct. Like, mm. make me tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's all cultural. Mm. Okay, so... Um, also, one more example is we can suspend... A maxim. So when this is interesting, I didn't really understand this until I read uh, like a few examples. Um, yeah, when participants aren't expecting a maxim mm-hmm. to be fulfilled, even though it normally would be expected. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the example I, I found that really made me understand this was like in uh, nat- some Native American communities, you can't, you shouldn't like name anyone who's dead. You you shouldn't say the name. Hmm. of someone who's dead. Oh. Right? It's just like a, a, a religious thing or a cultural thing, right? Hmm. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, I learned that from this <laughs> from this research. So, you know, if you say like... Um, oh, or like when parents hmm. um, want to uh, talk about something but they don't want their kids to understand. Hmm. So they might say something like, yeah, and then after that we'll go to you know where. Hmm. You know, hmm. like... Or when they say like, maybe we should talk about C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S or something mm. like that when they spell it out mm. so the kid doesn't understand. So that's suspending mm. a maxim. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so cool. Okay, fine. Four maxims and that's that. And it's all really simple. Mm. 
These are all examples. The examples we looked at just now are examples of when this cooperative principle is, is broken mm -hmm. somehow. So, like, we can't communicate mm. um, or the communication is lost for a minute. Mm. Um, but, the f like you were talking before, now we get to the interesting stuff, mm -hmm. like jokes and stuff like this. Right? Okay, yeah. can I give an interesting example? Yes. To yes. start to that, maybe. Okay. So, I, when I was living in France, I had this crazy friend like uh, well we had a bar and a concert hall and exhibition place and uh, we used to do organizations there and there was this guy uh, who was really crazy actually he was a crazy guy louis uh -huh. and like uh, each time you um, like he used to come quite often and then when uh, you asked him like how, you know how are you doing louis he was like the first part was okay he was like yeah i'm fine and how do you do you know the normal thing mm -hmm. and then you just you know like pick a subject and like you know go on like open a conversation and after that it went totally crazy i mean he was all the time he was like uh um so what did you do yesterday oh well yesterday wasn't really i'm not sure if it was yesterday but before yesterday i was thinking of the connotation of um like uh, roosters in uh, uh, Metallica's music. Like, <laughs> I think there's a real. He, he, it was. I'm. I'm. I'm not joking. Like, he was really like that. You know. He was like. Uh, and this was not. This was no joke. I mean, the dude was like, I guess, huge imagination. And mm. each time you ask him a conversation, you, uh, you asked him a question, you got like really weird answers. Ninety percent of the cases. I yeah, I've met a couple of people like that. <laughs> But it's... it was funny. It was like funny in the sense not not weird. Like it was uh, like. Uh, you could you could go on with that. Oh, roosters! Oh, kind of like I've never thought of that. You I've know. never thought about it either. I mean, and Jimmy, J James Hetfield, actually, he looks a bit like you know. Like you can go in and. Uh... I think Lars Ulrich looks most like a <laughs> than, than the others. <laughs> But yeah, this conversation does go somewhere. Right? Yeah, and when yeah, you yeah. reply, he, he he would be happy and he would go on with it. You know, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. So this is sort of like semi-absurdist um, personalities or just really eccentric personalities mm -hmm. like um, the other night the Tim Tim mm -hmm. what's his name again Tim your friend who came over T Timur yeah. Timur yeah. yeah like man like it's, you, you just <laughs> you just say like oh, the weather's good today and then mm. suddenly you're talking about the abstract notion of forgiveness <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, well he's just one of those guys <laughs> he has just finished the month uh, long uh post-PhD craziness. In so philosophy. Guess, yeah, in philosophy. Yeah, you can yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you get a lot of, like, yeah, communication isn't all simple, right? It's not like, hello, how are you? Yes, I'm fine. What did you do yesterday? I woke up at seven o'clock. Mm. Like, we don't communicate like mm. that. And this is, these are really cool examples. Mm. The rooster Metallica guy and yeah. Nation of Forgiveness guy. And um, so we also, yeah, so we flout maxims all the time. So mm. this is um, deliberately failing to fulfill the maxims, mm. right? Um, but the cooperative principle remains intact. Mm. So the communication is still being effective mm -hmm. without the maxim, like deliberately without the maxim. Mm. Okay. This is when it's it gets interesting. So it means the, the speaker knows that... So, you know, language is all about the speaker and the listener. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a... It's an organic thing, and it's about mm. the people who use it, mm. right? So when the speaker knows that the listener can read between the lines mm -hmm. of what they're saying um, and understand what she's talking about, this creates...
conversational implicatures, which is the term that Grice uses. It, it basically means like implications. Hmm. And we do it all the time. Right? Yeah. Well, we'll look at some examples. And you, the more examples we look at, I reckon you, you'll realize it's really common for us to flout the maxims. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when human interaction com- comes to play. What separates us from robots, right? Mm-hmm. What makes us human and interesting and not boring. So... Um, First, I'm going to give you some questions mm-hmm. and think of possible answers for the questions. All right. All right. So the question one, uh, how's Barry's new job? How's Barry's new job? Job. How's Barry's new job? He's just started a job. How's his job? Should I answer? Like, it's, yeah, like what, what possible answers are there for this question? Well, there are two, basically, positive and negative, like... Mm-hmm. What was the question again? Sorry. What? Uh, how's Barry's new job? So let's. Yeah. Let's so get, it can like, be like. Yeah. Uh, I think he's quite happy about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going well. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, it can be. Mm, I don't think it's going well. You know. Uh-huh. He's quite unhappy with it. He wants uh-huh. to change his job or something. So we were looking quite direct answers here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to this later. Okay. But um, keep that in mind. Uh, question two. Um, shall we? Shall we call? Should we call Jem? Should we give Jem a call? Well, again, same thing, positive mm. or negative. Okay, right? yeah. Know. So you're still thinking within the maxims. Am I? Yeah. Which is fine. It's cool. Like, we use them. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Can we brainstorm any anything else that could be said to that question? Mm. Yeah, except you mean except the yes and no. Yeah, see if we can find anything else. Oh, well, you? my cell phone, so it will be uh-huh, no. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I can, you know, like you can, I don't know, uh, he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> so it's a no again. I don't know. It's just for me there. No, no, but positive or negative. Yeah, yeah. But um, are you saying the positive or the negative? Mm. Or are you implying the positive or negative with your answer? You can say it. You can say, yes, let's call him. Or no, let's not. Mm-hmm. But very often we would say something else that implies the answer. Mm. Like he just said he's dead, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you were about to say something about your cell phone. Like my cell phone's broken. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not answering that. the question, but it is answering the question. Yeah, indirectly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, flouting the maxim of uh, relevance, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so we don't need to. Actually, this is one of the things you know. When I teach my students, mm-hmm. it's like sometimes you know, with the, all the exercises, yes and no stuff, you expect mm-hmm. that. No, I did not do it. No, I went no, to no, kind no, of no, answers, no, but. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is an interesting point. Like, uh, yeah, indirect direct answers should be included in these kind of yeah, exercises. That's, this, yeah, this stuff's really obvious when we look at like course books, right, for language learners. Yeah. Fill in the gaps. Yes yeah. or no. Yes, I did. No, mm. I didn't. Mm. And it's just like, what about like, no, I'm going to bed <laughs> instead of yes, I am. Yes, I can or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. We, there are a million ways to answer a question, really. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, third question. All right. Where are you from? Hmm. I wasn't born. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might say that for fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's explore possible answers because I've written a few down, but that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you ask these questions, mm-hmm. when these questions are asked, when you ask these questions, you have certain types of expectations, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the ones, the answers you were providing, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Very binary stuff. Um, and you're expecting a certain sort of response. But the first job about Barry's first question, mm-hmm. sorry, about Barry's job, mm-hmm. you know, how's Barry's new job? You could say something like, well, he hasn't been arrested yet. Hmm. Yeah, but there's a relevance problem there. 
It's like, well, it depends. Like, if we know Barry really well, and we know that he he's used to stealing stuff from work mm. <laughs> or something like he's he's like an unreliable guy. Mm. We might, yeah, and yeah, it is it is flaunting the maximum of yeah. maximum of relevance, right? Mm-hmm. But. But also, yeah. yeah, if like if as you say, like if we know him, it might mean something. So we need the information to back that up. Always context. Context is yeah. is everything. Yeah, and the context will determine how the question is answered as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when we say, yeah, like, or it can be something like he didn't sleep, he haven't slept yet with the director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hasn't slept with the boss yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it does a few things when we answer it like that, like. We're sort of answering the question. Mm. We're saying, like, yeah, it's going well so far, mm. is, is the hidden mm. answer there. Mm. But we're, sort of, we're also doing other things. Yeah. We're, we're, creating, we're building our relationship mm. between us by kind of laughing about what we know about Barry yeah. and the way he loves sleeping with, with powerful women. Yeah. Um, or, like, we're also, yeah, like building our like little social circle with Barry there as well. It's, it's doing some like kind of strong yeah. like social stuff as yeah. well as just communicative. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Cool. Okay. Um shall we give Gem a call? Um we can say like something like, uh oh no, the football's on. Hmm. So he might be watching it. At, yeah. Or he may, might be at the stadium or something. Right, yeah, 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 and like we we both know that Jem loves football and he's going to watch be watching the match. Mm. Yeah, but your answer, he's dead, is also quite <laughs> <laughs> like that does the same thing. Although, mm. if I didn't know that, <laughs> maybe yeah. I'd forgotten that he was dead. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he died. You know, well, that's kind of yeah. yeah. It's the most extreme answer you can give. That's quite extreme. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and also, where are you from? Um. I used to do this a lot when I lived in Turkey because this is a question, especially if, as a foreigner, you're you're asked all the time, like, yeah. oh, never listen, never listen, like, where are you from, where are you from? And it's always friendly and it's nice and mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. But, you know, after the hundredth time in one day, you yeah. get a bit sick of it. So I started answering re- weirdly. <laughs> so, like, where are you from? And I'd, I'd say, like, ah, Jupiter <laughs> or, like, Saturn or it was, it was space. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like... What am I saying? I'm I'm not answering the question mm. for sure, mm. but I'm signalling something when when I do that. Do you? Yeah, like I guess I'm telling the guy in a funny way mm. to mind his own business. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it depends. Or maybe just making a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and just having fun. Yeah. I'm not answering the question to him though. No, so. you're not. Yeah, but I'm kind of changing the course of the conversation. Mm. Like I'm. Mm. I'm saying, like, I don't want to answer this question. Mm. But it's still a, a form of communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of understand your point. Like, I used to get that question a lot when mm-hmm. I was in France, or when I go to France. And, like, uh, in the beginning, I used to say from Turkey, then I started saying from Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you can make quite a lot of jokes from about Ul- it. Like, Street. I'm one of those from one of those countries in the east and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like how you respond um it gives off lots of signals because it shows you have a sense of humor, it shows that you're quite aware like of of cultural implications about where you're from and yeah, it's providing more than just the answer. Whereas providing the answer directly just provides the answer. That's why I love implicatures. 
Also, the connotation is a interesting. You know, you know, when you say I'm from Turkey or I'm mm. Turkish, you mm-hmm. know, it sounds like oh. I mean, in, in yeah, you know, yeah. for I mean, for ninety percent of people, I guess it's normal, and for me as well. I mean, we got used to saying mm. stuff like this, but it's still sometimes that's one of the reasons why I prefer to say I'm I'm from Istanbul to kind of like get rid of all the right, connotations, yeah. political or racial, whatever stuff. All of this stuff's really important, isn't it, for identity and also yeah. signaling your identity to yeah. people. Like I have the same thing with being British or being English. Hmm. Like I'm both. Yeah. I kind of prefer to be British than English because <laughs> okay. the history of, of England. But then, you know, other people use it to um, signal their patriotism as mm-hmm. well or their nationalism. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm English. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it could be a signal mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, it's all very powerful. Just a small question. Can mm-hmm. you say I'm from United Kingdom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's a bit unusual, but I guess if somebody does say that, mm-hmm. they're creating... It's not an implicature because they're actually following the maxim, right? They're actually answering questions. But it's still a signal, isn't yeah, it? It's a bit heavy. Yeah. It it shows you, you might want to be more diplomatic about where you're from. Because mm. the United Kingdom, I guess, is maybe more neutral than mm. saying you're British or saying you're English. But also there's a difference between saying UK and United Kingdom. Oh, right. Like In the, the same way, sentence. like, I'm from United States of America and you... Or I'm mm. from US, or I'm from States. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all of this signals different stuff, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, close the parenthesis. No, no, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's interesting. And we could mm. talk about it for hours. Mm. But yeah, cool. So back to implicatures. Mm. Um, okay, so you were talking about joking, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at each of the maxims mm-hmm. and see how they can be flouted. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that like flouting maxims is actually, in a way, more communicative than not flouting the maxims, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, maxim of quality mm-hmm. about lying. Uh, you c- sarcasm. Hmm. When we're sarcastic, you know, when someone is sarcastic to you. Oh, I have a great example. Yeah, go on. Very from. Uh, why would you care, white boy? <laughs> so, yeah, that would be okay. really sarcastic. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's sarcasm. Yeah. Um, but also, like when you're. Okay, so I've got examples here. Like, um, let's talk about Barry again. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's say Barry uh, is at work and, like, he's at, at, he slept with the boss again mm-hmm. and he's going to get fired. And he comes, comes, like, we go and see Barry and he tells us what's happened. And we say, oh, good move, Barry. Or, like, hmm. well done. Well, well done, Barry. More ironic than sarcastic, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's a that's yeah, another that's another issue. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference in mm. irony and sarcasm? Because they overlap, right? Yeah. But it's definitely sarcastic, right? Because you're being a bit kind of aggressive. Mm. Like the signal is like, "Oh, you're an idiot, Barry." Mm. Well done, Barry. You're stupid. <laughs> like, well done. Good mm. move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But like, you can see how we're we're like flouting we're not following the maxim yet we're still providing a very clear signal hmm, hmm, hmm. there's no ambiguity at all yeah yeah, yeah. the point is clear yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Barry knows yeah. <laughs> what we're saying yeah. Yeah. Um, or like yeah when you say like where are you from and well, we talked about this already and I say Jupiter mm-hmm. and the implication is leave me alone <laughs> don't mm. talk to me about this mm. um, or we can use it for metaphors as well mm-hmm are like flouting the maximum quality. So uh, somebody can say, oh, I married a rat. <laughs> like, yeah, we doubt she married a rat, like oh. a physical rat. Um, but w- what's the implication? Mm, 
that your wife eats too much? Oh, you're thinking about food. I don't know. I just <laughs> oh yeah, rats eat a lot, right? Um, or I was I got it down. My husband is a bastard. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I married a rat. So rat has uh, that kind of connotation. Mm, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like uh, my girlfriend Zainab, she likes eat biting stuff. You know, so that's why I call her like mouse, oh, like not a rat. Or, rat, or mouse. Uh, yeah, rat nicer, sometimes. nicer. So that's I thought of that. Ah, well, there you go. And like when you call her a mouse, you know, she's not a mouse. You're implying that she bites things a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, at some point it was weird because I used to go to the kitchen. I didn't know if it was a rat or her because it was just bitten. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. But yeah, like contextual, cultural. Sometimes I can't tell the difference between my partner and a rat. (laughs) Also, I have another example. Yeah, 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 do it. This is one of those things I shouldn't have said. Like at some point I was really into whales. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know, I kind of love them. And one of my ex-girlfriends, I told her my little whale, and she didn't like it at all. Oh, because Why? you know, whale is oh, huge. They're, they're and, like, big. Oh, a, the implications that she's fat. Yeah, it's a mammifer. How is it mammifer? Uh, like mammal. Mammal. Yeah, it's oh, it's a mammal. Yeah, it's a mammal and big and you know, like. So she was like, "Oh no, don't say that to me." And then I learned that in French, mm-hmm. when you say "t'es une baleine" mm. to a person, it means you are. You're yeah. fat. You are fat, huge, big. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. that makes sense. Whales are big. Yeah, they are big. But <laughs> I mean, even, even if there was little in it, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's the cultural aspect. In it. Yeah, and that's uh, that's. I guess when we were talking earlier about, um, yeah, when language and culture can mm. can cause accidental misunderstanding. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, th- these are good examples. <laughs> Bring them on. Um, okay, maximum of quantity. Mm-hmm. How can we flout the maximum of quantity? Um, but keep it as a communicative thing. We're still sending commu- strong signals. Hmm. It's not easy to think of examples, but if you can. Well, give me one. Yeah, it took me ages to come up with examples for this. So, um, I don't know, let's say there's a group of people who've been working together mm-hmm. and there's like two teams of people mm-hmm. um, and uh, something has happened with the project and, and it's becoming really successful. So person A says, ah, mm-hmm. oh, so we're going to be rich, mm-hmm. right? And person B says, we are. Oh. Meaning, not you, us. Oh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, it's hard to come up with examples, yeah. but I found, I found a, a few. Mm. But you know that sort of situation, right? When mm. someone's, like, implying, mm-hmm. you creating an implicature like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more example. Mm-hmm. This one's probably a bit more common. It's like... Um, so did you pay the electricity bill and do the shopping? Answer. Well, I did the shopping. Hmm. What does that mean? So did you pay the bill and do the shopping? Uh, I did the shopping. Hmm. Well, it implies that the person did not pay. Didn't do the bill, right? Yeah. 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 Or and couldn't pay, maybe. Yeah, know. for some reason. Hmm. But like, just by answering like that, that hmm. person is clearly signaling that they didn't pay the bill without saying it. Yeah. Cool. That was a better example. More more every day. Yeah, but I like the first one. Yeah. Like, uh, it was, yeah. You liked it because it was more aggressive. It was more aggressive, but also (laughs) like, um, yeah, like, I don't know, subtle. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot, yeah, some of it's really subtle. I guess, like, the more people know each other, like, the speaker and the listener, the more they know each other, the more subtle this stuff gets. Mm. Yeah. Cool, okay. Maximum of... uh, But by the way, it can be just a simple thing as well, right? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes on the phone, like, 
uh, I don't know, say, let's meet at 60, like, um, wow, that doesn't exist. But in French, you know, we use the 24-hour system. Okay. So when you ask someone, let's meet at uh, 16 o'clock, you can answer, 6 o'clock? No, 16 o'clock. That's quantity as well, right? Is it, like, is it a, mis- is it a miscommunication or...? Yeah, it is a miscommunication, yeah. No, that would be something more along the lines of uh, manner. Hmm. Like, you, you're being obscure, even if it's okay. an accident. Okay, now, so, okay, I understand. Actually, now we are into, like, deliberate, deliberately said stuff. Like, stuff that we say deliberately, not yeah. the misunderstandings. or Right, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay. So, the misunderstandings right. and stuff, when the communication breaks down, that's, like, violation. Hmm. And now we're on the fun stuff, is when it's deliberate and it's flaunting. All right. But, yeah, that's a good example of a violation of the maxim of manner. Okay. You know, like when you broke my bike. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not letting that go. <laughs> I'm going I'm to keep mentioning that for the rest, not just this episode, but for the whole podcast. Hmm. Okay, I well. will remind you that you destroyed my bicycle. What are you going to do about it, man? You just can use, just you that. Can, <laughs> you can use car, you know. Yeah, I can't drive. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Yeah. So, maxim of relevance how can we flout the maxim of relevance to create interesting linguistic signals you broke my bike mm-hmm. right yeah so i'm like hey ali man when are you gonna you're gonna pay for this you're gonna give me like some money for this bike for the bike you just destroyed it you 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 mongoose quite a good good term that mongoose. yeah if someone breaks your bike you yeah say that. and you you answer just by going hmm, cup of tea hmm well, like you're sending a signal, right? Yeah, like I'm not going to do anything about it. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And you're saying that mm. by changing the subject deliberately. What an asshole. Yeah, I, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bike. Um, yeah, cool. And also going back to Barry, we do get to do a Barry thing. Mm. Um, yeah, maximum of relevance. How's Barry? How's his new job going? And you say, yeah, well, he hasn't been fired yet. Mm. Right. This mm. like... It's not relevant, but it is relevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maxim, okay, flouting the maxim of manner. Remember, the maxim of manner is mm-hmm. about being like clear and mm-hmm. and, and well organized. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's say um, there's a governmental organization, mm-hmm. right? And they have to be very careful about what they do mm-hmm. because they do some things that maybe is best that people didn't know about, mm-hmm. right? And when they're talking mm-hmm. about things, they have to be very careful about how they talk about yeah. things so that they're not um, considered guilty in mm-hmm. any stage of something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you will hear lots of interesting phrases mm-hmm. in, these env- in, the, in these language environments, yeah. right? Things like, I wouldn't, in theory, be completely adverse to that outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the implication there? The implication is like, um, I can't tell you directly, but mm. I can imply it, and I think it's a good idea, but I'm not going to say that. Mm. That's very diplomatic. Yeah. And, like, business and law mm, and politics, mm. like, we get a lot of that sort of stuff, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. People who can't be accountable, mm. so they have to imply mm. indirectly. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's look at some examples mm-hmm. from the real world mm-hmm. of how maxims get flouted. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy is a really obvious example, right? Mm-hmm. Comedy only works when maxims are flouted. Mm-hmm. Another quote. Yeah. This one makes more sense. Let's make this party fast and furious in that order. 
In which order? I know. <laughs> well, he said fast and then furious. So let's make the I, that order. Fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just strange because I guess you're expecting, like, fast and furious is just like a like a phrase, right? Yeah. And it it, it has one meaning mm. in itself. Mm. So he's dissecting it into two meanings, mm-hmm. which is which doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that would be the maxim of uh, manner. I guess mm. it's being obscure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. One guy saying, you're the best, kiddo. And her reply is, do you know what else was the best? The rainforest. Too bad the fascist oligarchs are raping them to make hamburgers. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it's all true. Mm. But it's not it's not very relevant. Right. Mm. So, yeah, she's breaking the maximum. It's quite a funny one. Mm. Yeah. 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 OK. Um, another example. Mm. Uh, my brother. um is a big fan of this t-shirt company mm-hmm. who uh, who make um, weird t-shirts. I mm. think they're called slightly wrong t-shirts or slightly mm. wrong designs. And um, my favorite one is, um, it just says Alan in the logo of Alien, mm. like the film. <laughs> it just says Alan. <laughs> it says, in space, nobody can hear you scream when you're in space. <laughs> It's really good, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is like total violation of the maximum of quantity, mm. right? Because in space and in space is repeated, but that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. The it's t-shirts a are a good example, man. I guess there are a lot of, also like uh, maybe like uh, writing stencils, street art. Like ah. they are kind of like playing quite a lot with those things. Yeah, I I, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, especially, especially graffiti. Yeah. I saw one in uh, my parents' hometown. It was there for ages. It just said, love is metaphysical gravity. Mm. Ah, makes Quite you nice. think. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, just to, like walk past that. And, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Also, like, um, I, I may, maybe I, it's an example. It might be an example. Uh, we used to choose, like, um, slogans for... Um, yeah, phrases, slogans for each concert we organized. Mm-hmm. It was in the construct, collective construct. And one of them was like, I, I can't f- forget it. It's I find it re- super, like, really perfect. Yeah. Uh, also, it's really simple. But, uh, no woman, Nokia. No woman, no what? No woman, Nokia. <laughs> no woman, Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So yeah, I guess subversion is quite a good one because it's like um, subverting the original message. Yeah. 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 But which uh, maxim? This no woman Nokia. I guess it's violating the maxim of um, manner because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It's it's absurdist. (laughs) So it would be manner. It's obscure. Mm. It's like when you broke Mm. my bike. Yeah, so most of the absurd stuff is violating the manner. manner. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because some of it so it, it lacks so much meaning mm-hmm. that it can't really be violating the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, we both have very strong Dadaist like sense of humor, right? Mm. So I guess we come across this f- violation or the flouting. Yeah, quite a lot. How it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a lot of Monty Python is flouting, mm. flouting the maxim of manner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So there's a character in Little Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, she's called Vicky Pollard, and she's very good at like just giving far too much information whenever anyone asks her a question. Mm-hmm. Right? She's trying. She's guilty for everything 
all the time mm. and she's trying to avoid <laughs> guilt mm-hmm. that's kind of where the comedy comes from so here are some fun uh, Vicky Pollard quotes you ready mm-hmm. I'll try and do a voice they don't scare me don't be fooled by the rocks that I got I'm just Vicky Pollard from around the corner from the block V to the P to the icky to the Ollard <laughs> nonsense yeah. total nonsense uh, bus conductor asks her look I've warned you before if you don't have a ticket you're going to have to get off her answer oh my god that is so unfair this is like well sexual harassment if you like fancy me why didn't you just say so god this is exactly like the time Miss Raining who everyone knows is a total lesbian made Candice Burton stay behind after PE started telling her off for gobbing on Suncha Geshwani's hair but everyone knows she only made her stay at last because she wanted to get off with her because she was telling her off her legs were wide open and Candice reckons she could see a spider Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an answer. <laughs> so, yeah, what's that flouting? That's like extreme flouting, right? Mm-hmm. Maxima relevance? Yeah, there's that. And Definitely. quantity, I guess. Yeah. And maybe manner. Hmm. So, I guess, yeah, extreme flouting mm. is funny, mm. right? When people, like, just... Mm. Yeah, so that's that's where the humour comes from, from that, I think. Mm. Um, I will not try and do any more Vicky Pollard impressions because I'm I'm doing it. I'm failing. But okay, so that's that. Also, um, I th- I saw a really good example in um, writing. Have you ever read any Ian McEwan? No. Okay, he's a really good writer, and he wrote this book called Enduring Love, mm-hmm. and it was the most gripping book I've ever read. Only in the sense that halfway through the first page mm-hmm. like really really close to the beginning I was hooked mm-hmm. so if you want to sit back for a bit mm-hmm. I'm going to read you the introduction of Enduring Love yeah it's a few pages mm-hmm. but it's you'll see what's happening I think what's happening here is that he is seriously seriously flouting the maxim of qual- quantity mm. he doesn't give you what you need to know mm. okay. and it makes it really interesting so here we go mm. The beginning is simple to mark. We were in sunlight under a turkey oak, partly protected from a strong gusty wind. I was kneeling on the grass with a corkscrew in my hand, and Clarissa was passing me the bottle in 1987 Dormus Gassac. This was the moment, this was the pinprick on the time map. I was stretching out my hand, and as the cool neck and the black foil touched my palm, we heard a man's shout. We turned to look across the field and saw the danger. Next thing, I was running towards it. The transformation was absolute. I don't recall dropping the corkscrew or getting to my feet or making a decision or hearing the caution Clarissa called after me. What idiocy to be racing into this story and its labyrinths, sprinting away from our happiness among the fresh spring grasses by the oak. There was the shout again, and a child's cry, enfeebled by the wind that roared in the tall trees along the hedgerows. I ran faster, and there, suddenly, from different points around the field, four other men were converging on the scene, running like me. I see us from 300 feet up through the eyes of a buzzard that we were. I see us from 300 feet up through the eyes of a buzzard we watched earlier, soaring and circling and dipping in the tumult of currents. Five men running silently towards the centre of a hundred-acre field. I approach from the southeast and with the wind at my back. About 200 yards to my left, two men ran side by side. They were farm labourers who had been repairing the fence along the field's southern edge where it skirts the road. The same distance beyond them was the motorist, John Logan, whose car was banked on the grass verge with its door or doors wide open. Knowing what I know now, it's odd to evoke the figure of Jed Parry directly ahead of me, emerging from a line of beaches on the far side of the field, quarter of a mile away, running into the wind. 
To the buzzard, Parry and I were tiny forms, our white shirts brilliant against the green, rushing towards each other like lovers, innocent of the grief of this entanglement would bring. The encounter that would unhinge us was minutes away, its enormity disguised from us not only by the barrier of time, but by the colossus in the center of the field that drew us in with the power of a terrible ratio that set fabulous magnitude against the puny human distress at its base. Hmm. There's more, right? Hmm. But you see what's happening? Yeah. But just say, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Okay. But I guess I see, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we don't know what's happening, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't give the necessary elements so we can understand what the fuck is going on. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've got five people. And he makes a lot of description. Yeah. There's a lot of description, but not yeah. the description you're you, you're dying to know. Yeah. Why are five people running into the middle of mm. a field? Mm. Yeah. What's the screaming? Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like in the beginning, I thought there was a war, like it was a war thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, what farmers? Why? But, you know, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what's happening? What? <laughs> <laughs> like you find out eventually. Um, it's like a, there's a, a, hot, a air balloon, a hot air balloon mm -hmm. in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And the guy is taking his kid mm -hmm. on the hot air balloon. But the kid is he's fallen out and he's hanging onto a rope and the air balloon's going up. Oh. And um, he's just hanging from a rope, like underneath the air balloon. The, the father's in the air balloon. So these people see this, Ooh. and they start running towards to okay, try and help. And he's one of the people running towards and trying to help. But he doesn't tell you for ages <laughs> what's happening. You just have this. okay. So even in the book, you have like these descriptions, and then after he says, yeah, he, he explains what he finally happened. tells you. Yeah, kind of weird. But it's very effective, isn't it? Like you, hmm. you keep reading. Yeah. Because you have to know what's going you on. You want to understand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So that's a really good example of flouting. It's a good technique Max. of selling books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you later. <laughs> We're doing it in the podcast, I guess, because we had the quiz at the beginning of the podcast, right? Yeah, what was it? Sorry. Uh, it, yeah, reminder, the quiz from the uh, beginning of the podcast. The longest word in English with no vowels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get there to the end. We're almost at the end now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So all of this, uh, these are we've seen how the maxims are flouted in everyday communication. We've seen how it's used in comedy. We've seen how it's used in literature. Uh, but we are teachers. Are we not? Yeah. So all of this stuff is well and good. But how can we use it in the language classroom? How can we use it for our teaching? What do you think? Like, are there ways we can show our students how to communicate better with this? Well, there's one thing which is obvious, and you, you've said it quite a lot in mm. one of the... Um, what were they called? Uh, the maxims. Yeah, one of the yeah. maxims. Uh, like being brief and using the shortest words mm -hmm. as much as possible and stuff like that. I guess that's kind of like... A, Because like if you concentrate on the point and you use the right words and mm -hmm. you try to keep short everything, mm -hmm. I guess naturally some of those these maxims happen, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's cool. So do you mean like uh, encouraging students to be uh, more like efficient with the language? Yeah, efficient, brief. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah, like so following the maxim. But what do you think about how we like flaunt the maxims? And how that creates stronger communication. Like, how, how can we mm. teach that? I guess I'm not that good in language teaching. So <laughs> I used to be good, pretty good. No, it's like, I'm not that good in the sense, like, I, I haven't studied this. 
I've mm-hmm. been doing this as a job, but like you should you should say like uh, okay, this I guess, is like I use guess. of specific techniques in teaching. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I I've never seen the <clears throat> maxims directly being used in any like teacher training or any methodologies. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, it's really unfair because you you come into the room not knowing anything about this, and yeah. I've just told you everything, and now I'm expecting yeah. you to. You should say that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Ali is is under extreme duress. <laughs> it's revenge for the bicycle that he destroyed just before we came here. I really today. had no idea what you were going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's really important to know. Mm. And I've had lots of time. I spent quite a bit of time on this one. And um, yeah, I was trying to think about this. So this is what I've got. I've made some notes. Uh, so. Yeah, this is all about human interaction, right? It's more than just literally the language we use. It's mm-hmm. it's like pragmatic competence, which is um, the idea of when when measuring how good someone is at speaking a foreign language. Mm-hmm. We have things like grammatical competence and communicative competence, and like you know, these are strong like things that have been measured yeah. um, and talked about by academics, um, and also since like the 90s the concept of pragmatic competence has mm. been valued quite a lot mm. in in terms of successful language learning right mm-hmm. and this is part of it right mm-hmm. you know when we say stuff like you know he hasn't been arrested yet mm-hmm. or like when we when we create strong signals mm. um and we make jokes and, and that sort of thing it's um it's all part of pragmatics mm-hmm. um also it's cultural mm-hmm. I, i was thinking about how this is quite strongly cultural mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird because it's paradoxically universal, but also culturally specific. Mm. Like every culture seems to do like flout maxims mm. for jokes or flout maxims to create stronger relationships and mm. that sort of thing. Or weaker relationships. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. also. Yeah. To just do that stuff to, yeah, like to mm. maybe when you, we try to get into a fight or I don't know, you know yeah, or yeah. dispute or, or if there's someone you don't want to see anymore mm. and you sort of give them some hints mm. <laughs> that maybe they can stop calling you <laughs> for, for example, yeah, yeah, to distance yourself mm. yeah, so it's about not being direct and mm. all of, so it seems that pretty much all cultures do it mm-hmm. but they do it in different ways obviously the signals are different so first of all, I think it's really important if we take this to the classroom, if we take this to our students, mm-hmm. um, it's important to give the students a sort of meta-linguistic mm-hmm. understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I've always... I've done this with high-level students a lot, and I, I got this, like, idea of, like, a hamburger, mm-hmm. right? Where you have, you have, like, three areas of language, right? Mm-hmm. This is a simplification. There are lots of ways to look at languages, but I, I teach this to my students sometimes. You've got semantics, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just words and what they mean. And their meaning, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You also have syntax, mm-hmm. right? So grammar, how to put words together and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And a lot of course books and a lot of courses and mm-hmm. exams and so on. And a lot of students and a lot of teachers work within that framework alone, right? Mm-hmm. Just words and how to put them together. Mm-hmm. But there's also the third part of the hamburger. It's like pragmatics. Mm-hmm how we signal stuff, how our mm-hmm. social um, relationships are um, directed through language. Mm. And that's really important. It's mm. a major part of communication and yeah. a major part of language. So I think that one step is like making students aware of that. 
Mm. Yeah, and everyone is aware of that when they think about it. It's like, yeah, of course, in my own language too, in my own culture mm. too, we always we we have that too. Everyone has that, mm. um, because it is neglected a lot. Mm. Um, I agree. Yeah, so I think I think it's good to to make students aware of these things because then they can remember that, like, learning English is not just about being able to answer questions directly mm. and properly. Yeah. It's also about being pertinent, I guess, in general, mm-hmm. like coherent, you know. Yeah. And like cho- choosing the right words, focalizing, but also, well, this is the thing, like mm. more I um, learn about stuff, more I feel like there's always a balance, you know. So it's a bit like that. I mean, mm-hmm. y- y- you cannot think of maxims while you speak <laughs> a foreign language, but, <laughs> you know, you can find a middle point. Like, you can be relaxed, but also, uh, like, direct and, like, precise. And yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's a bit about uh, finding the middle point. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, these elements seem to be really important for the communication to exist. Like, yes. they're, they're, like, really... Um, Elementary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An important part of, yeah, communication. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's just nice for students to, like, be able to look at things from a very, like, meta point of view and, mm. and being able to look down and, and, like, just think for a little bit mm. about what language is because it isn't just providing information mm. and requesting information. Mm. It's, it's so much more. It's about yeah. creating relationships and, mm. and, and so on. And... Yeah, and the degrees, man, that they are important as well, as you've pointed out many times during this uh, podcast. Like, we aren't obliged to answer a question directly in the way expected in the books, or you know, mm-hmm. like we can, we there are like, yeah, we can, it can, the answer can vary. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that's another thing that's quite important, especially when students have these like course books that they're getting better, but mm-hmm. like it misses a lot of this sort of stuff. Mm. So having, yeah, like mm. if, if you, if you were introduced to English only through a bad course book, mm. you would think that no one has a sense of humor mm. who speaks English. Yeah. It's a world of just answering questions. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess it's good to, to get students out of that space mm. and remind them that the way people use the second language can be like much the way that you use your first language. You mm. use it as a cultural and, um, like a social uh, tool. And this is also, I guess, I mean, for me, it was important. You know, you, we know each other for a while and you kind of introduced me quite a lot of humor mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, like obsessed. from different <laughs> channels, like BBC Channel 4, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to point out, like, I don't know, Peep Show, like, yeah, even I guess I discovered Monty Python with you, maybe mm-hmm. just before, I don't know. But we, I remember, like, talking about it and we kind of... So that kind of stuff is important as well, man. Like, mm-hmm. um, otherwise, like, uh, I guess all the... I mean, someone might think that everyone is like Margaret Thatcher or, like, uh, Queen, mm-hmm. the Queen in England, you know, mm-hmm. if you just follow the books and the examples. In our, the, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher just followed the books. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the way she speaks, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very dope. Although, actually, to be fair, as much as I personally don't like her politics, um, she's pretty funny. She's got some great quotes. Like she had a really good sense of humor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But it was really dry, so you can't really see it. Like 
especially if it's your second language. But she, okay. she was pretty funny. She she was pretty cool. But you mean like in, sarcastically? Funny? Very sarcastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that might be expected. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, mm. so I think talking just talking mm. about this with students is good because yeah, humor is such a big part yeah. of life. So we're touching on humor more, I guess, because mm. we're really it's important for us too. We're obviously into like funny things. But yeah, like, yeah, it gives, I think it can give students more of a, a sense of, like, liberty, liberty yeah, with yeah. the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And undirectness, like indirectness, but mm-hmm. without losing totally the, you know, the thing. Yeah. You don't have to, like, behave yourself when you're speaking English. Mm. Like, you can be cheeky and naughty and and funny. And also, it's really good for learning expressions and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. um maybe bad words and you know yeah oh yeah we didn't even talk about swearing like swearing is probably flouting some maxims Mm. yeah 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 hey that was good man so you want to hear the answer to the 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 quiz yeah (laughs) the one the one question quiz okay so the question was can you remember no, <laughs> okay, yeah. So I got too much information. Yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been really good, man. You've been on overload information, and it's all good. Okay, the question was: What is the longest word well, without what without vowels? Without vowels. Yeah, without a e i o u. Yeah. And it's a good answer because um, we're both musicians, and it's related to music. Wait, you got it. Uh, is it like a? Polish or um, mm. Eastern European composer or something? Or is it? Is it? Does it's it not something to do with Europe, like Eastern Europe? Or? That's a good guess because Polish okay. is pretty consonant, consonant yeah. heavy. Uh, no, it's, it's an English word. Well, I don't know where it probably originates in Greek or maybe Latin. We can check afterwards. Go for it. Super no? curious. Okay, Bye. it's a major part of of it's the language of music. Maybe like the second. Maybe there are two things in in music that are like the most important things. Mm-hmm. T- two things that define music. What would you say? Oh, if you ask a question yeah. like that to a musicologist, I can think of thousand two important things. The form of music, like just to mathematically describe the form of music. Different parts. Well, we've got like tonality, I suppose. Yeah. Like tone. Yeah, modes. Yeah. Yeah, modes mm-hmm. and. Rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. That's it. Oh, rhythm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, but that's a weird thing because, like, in French, Y is uh-huh. a vowel. So that's yeah. why I didn't think of that. Actually. Yeah, like officially, Y isn't a vowel in English, but it kind of is because it's mm. a vowel sound, um, but it's not counted as a vowel. Mm. But yeah, um, rhythm's one. Yeah, rhythm. Yeah. yeah, it has a lot of. Each time I write it in English, I have to check it out. I guess check like check online yeah it's, it's hard to the spell right yeah, there yeah. are a lot of H's and Y's and yeah. R's and yeah. it doesn't make sense <laughs> at all yeah but yeah that's yeah. it rhythm's the answer the longest word in English with no vowels yeah cool well thank you everybody for listening thanks Ollie for doing that that was cool well thank you man yeah now <laughs> we learned something we know all about Grice's maxims <laughs> and my bike <laughs> will never be the same again <laughs> after that Okay, and there we have it. Uh, The rather deep and interesting and weird conversation about Grice's Maxims uh, with Ali, one of my oldest and bestest friends. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about, really, after that. You know, it was all there in in the podcast. If you were listening, then you got all the information, I guess, there is to get out of this. So, um... I'll just leave you be 
and uh, sign off. Just remember, if you want an overview, there's a PDF on our website where you can get uh, like a basic overview of Grice's Maxims and all the things we talked about today. That's going to be on www.clarkandmiller.com. Find your way to the podcast page and uh, you can get the PDF from there. Cool. Well, that's great. And uh, yeah, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.